Welcome to the All Things Real Estate Podcast with our very own Josh Barker. With more than 20 years of experience and over 5,000 properties sold, Josh brings a unique perspective to the real estate market. Let's get started. So I'm here with Josh Barker again. Again. Right, episode number three. Yeah. We were just off camera. We were talking about the market and some of the headwinds and tailwinds that are in play right now Mm -hmm. in January of 2022. Yeah. And what kind of effect that's going to have you know, over the next few months, because real estate is very seasonal. It's, it, it, it always slows down in the winter time. It picks up in the spring, Yep. but it's, it's picking up a little faster than it normally does. Right. You were telling me that it's, it's a little faster than this time last year or the year before. It is. Yeah. We're, we're getting more calls right now uh, in January than we typically get in January, um, you know, in previous years. So I think there's that pent up seller demand that we had talked about before, mm-hmm. you know, where you have people obviously because of the pandemic that we decided to say, stay put, um, you had the eviction moratorium that was, you know, keeping the inventory down and the, even the foreclosure moratorium. Um, and so now you're starting to see people say, OK, we're, we're done. <laughs> We've waited as long as we can wait. It's it's time to get moving on. And so we're starting to see a pretty significant uptick in the number of appointments uh, that were going on the people that want to sell their homes. Yeah. And there's a couple of factors that we were talking about that we thought, you know, people should know about sellers or potential sellers should know about. Like, number one is. The feds have said that they want to raise interest rates mm-hmm. three times in 2022. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And as we learned in our first episode, that's a headwind. Yep. It, it's not an immediate headwind, meaning they they raise interest rates on a Friday and Monday the market comes down. But it is one of those things that it reduces the buyer's yep. ability to buy. You know how much they can spend. Yep. And so it, thus it has an effect, a headwind on you know the seller price. Yeah. Right? You're right. Absolutely. Now, the, the big question would be, is how big of a headwind? You've said like a half a percent reduces, was it like 5%? Yeah, for every 1%, the interest rate goes up. It could have an impact on purchasing power by about 10%. Okay, yeah. so that's one. But we, we do have quite a few people moving here. Reading is still very affordable when you put it on the scale of California. Sure. So you've got the, these headwinds and tailwinds uh, you know, hitting each other, and we're not yep. sure how much they're going to affect. But yep. interest rates are a headwind. So wanting to go to market before interest rates increase, I mean, theoretically, that would yeah. garner you more for your home, right? Yeah. I mean, and for this video, for some of our listeners right now, I mean, one of the more significant things that's been happening over the last month since our last uh, uh, podcast was interest rates did jump. So pretty much starting around December 14th, 15th, um, we started to see rates start to creep up. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is and the interest rates haven't even gone up yet from the Federal Reserve standpoint, right? They haven't raised those yet. Um, but the reason why is because the Federal Reserve, at the same time that they're saying they're going to raise interest rates, they've also said they want to reduce the purchases of bonds. And so by them tapering and, and purchasing fewer bonds, that's actually moving the interest rate up now. So just that activity alone has moved the interest rate up one half a percent on average over the last 30 days. And so for those who were already in the purchasing process, they probably realized real quick from their lenders, hopefully, that they needed to lock their loans. But also uh, for refinances, if, if you didn't lock your loan, you're probably not as happy with that rate today because uh, the rates did move up. Now, all of that's happened prior to the interest rates that are supposed to go up. Uh, the first one will likely be in March. Uh, Federal Reserve said they want to raise the rates three times in 2022. I just read another report the other day that said maybe four times. Um, they're still trying to deal with that massive inflation you know, that the whole economy is dealing with. Mm-hmm. So the first rate increase would likely be in March. And then each quarter thereafter, you could expect that, that it's a strong consideration by the Fed 
I think that first one in March is for sure. And so when they when they do it, it's every every time they raise, it's usually about a quarter percent, which translates right into an increase of almost a quarter percent in the mortgage market too. So it's you you don't know what's gonna, exactly how the market's going to go, but the idea is that if you know a headwind is coming and you are thinking about selling, now yeah. might be a great time to reach out, find out, hey, what what is my home worth in the current market, and see yeah. if that you know sits well with you. Yes, I mean look look at that, and also because we have clients that are thinking about doing some some remodeling too um, before they actually come to market. And actually, that's more concerning for me than anything, because um, in some cases, homes do need to be updated a little bit before they go to market. There's Mm -hmm. plenty of instances where I would say that's a good move. But there's a lot of instances where it's not. And right now, where we know the interest rates are highly likely to be going up significantly in the short term, um, if it took you 90 days or, you know, 120 days or 180 days to finish a, a, a remodel on the home, and your goal would be because it would help you get more money for your house. If the interest rate goes up, you know, a half a percent during that time, then whatever you thought you were going to get in a benefit on the market, you might be eroded away by the raise of the interest rates. And so I think it, it, people need to slow down and, and just really have a professional come out, meet with them and really walk through that scenario and see what is the right thing to do. You know, if you're sitting on a house right now with, you know, pink countertops, then yeah, maybe you're going to have to do a little bit of an update. But if you got white tile, you might want to let that go. <laughs> yeah, because you know the the it's kind of a, a cliche, but the ninety day project becomes a mm-hmm. hundred and eighty day project real quick, and yeah. one hundred and eighty days is six months. Now we're talking July. That's two yep. potential yep. Fed rate increases because you said yep. quarterly, so that's March, and that would probably put us in June. Yep. So you just kind of have to think about that, and you. It's not just the contractors; we're short on labor, but also supply chains. We just yep. remodeled our house. Yeah. And. We were shocked. It's just every little, oh, yeah, we don't have that tile or no, that paint's going to be. And, you know, it has this rippling, this domino effect where you're trying to line up these contractors, you're trying to get uh, materials Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't. It's always kind of been that way. I think that's always been the thing like, you know, what what contractor comes in under budget and ahead of schedule? (laughs) It almost never happens. Hard. Yeah. No dig on them. It's we're we're in a it's an unusual time. So before you dump 30, 40, 50 grand into home because you think you're going to make so much more. Yep. Uh, you need to talk to a professional and say, hey, would if I put 50 grand into this, would I yep. guarantee get more than 50 grand? Yep. And and even then, if it's you put 50 grand into something to get 60 grand out, you're putting a lot of money in play. For, a lot of money in play. And yeah. it's a pretty big risk, right? Big so risk. I, I think you're right. I think it's, um, you know, it's pretty wise, I think, to slow down. And, and a lot of people think that you got to get your home ready before you have the agent come out. And um, I just don't think that would be wise right now. I think it'd be better to have the agent come out and then evaluate what your options are. Do we do an upgrade? Do we not do an upgrade? How soon do we bring it to the market? Understanding that there is some some significant factors that might have an impact on the market going forward. I mean, I don't want to paint a doom and gloom though. I mean, the, no, I don't the, think it is. No, I don't either. I, I, I mean, I, most of the reports that I'm reading right now are averaging around four and 5% appreciation this year. So, you know, the, the you know we still have a, a, a low inventory market that we're currently in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's highly likely at interest rate or that the uh, even with interest rates going up that the pricing of homes will still likely go up a little bit. Uh, just it won't. It's very unlikely it'll be like it was over the last 18 months. Um, well, that's like the hottest 18 months the yeah. market's ever seen. I mean, that's yeah, kind of definitely one of the crazy. hottest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So something to be just I, I would just slow down and have somebody come out, take a look at it, get a good feel for what your options are. Do what you have to do, but try to avoid doing anything that might be discretionary in nature. Yeah, one of the big X factors is how many people are going to move to Reading? 
because that's driving it's driving a lot of the purchases like you said before we don't have a high investor when the market wasn't good in the yeah. early 2000s it was because there was this large percentage of homeowners were investors yep secondary and tertiary homes yep now we're not seeing that i think you said it was around 10 percent which is very small. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a tough number to track too, right? So um, all the lenders that I talk to um, that do a lot of the origination for obviously for the financing up here uh, and a lot of the brokers that I speak with on a regular basis. I mean, we're, we're pretty much all on the same page that it's about 10% or less of all purchases in the county right now or what we call investor, meaning non-owner occupied kind of investments. Um, so to your question initially above, you know, what does it look, demand look like? It's not going to be what it was. I mean, 18 months ago when the pandemic first hit, you had a whole lot of people that were disrupted. So um, they could work from home. Um, they were looking for other places to maybe live because they could live anywhere and work from any location. And so we we started attracting some people from Sacramento, the Bay Area, and Southern California. And, and, and I think that was a great thing, obviously, for us. Um, but it would probably gave us a little bit more additional demand than we may have otherwise had, obviously. Um, I do think it's helped us, though, because I think we've become more popular and a little bit more known to the rest of the state. So even though our volume of people moving in from out of the area might go down a little bit here in the next year compared to 18 months ago or over the last 18 months, um, I still think it'll be higher than it would have been if it had not been a pandemic. You know what I mean? Because we're, we're becoming known now. I mean, I, I would say that in a lot of circles, Reading is being brought up now. And going back to that whole headwind tailwind, that's a huge tailwind. People moving yeah. into the area. Yep. That's the low other. inventory relative to demand is definitely a tailwind. Yeah. Right. So you've got the headwind of interest rates, right? Rates going up is a headwind that we have to overcome. You have the tailwind of low inventory relative to demand that's pushing pricing up. And where those two intersect and reconcile is where you're either going to have appreciation or market flatter going down. And I would say the tailwind is still a little stronger than the headwind, but the, the headwind is getting stronger. I would think that the other big uh, questionable um, headwind slash tailwind is uh, you talked about the forbearance market. Mm -hmm. It's still very, very cloudy on how that's going to get handled because there were quite a few people that were not paying their mortgage. They, they were getting the moratorium and we're not really seeing like how quickly they're they're processed uh, and yeah, the market. are they are they mm -hmm. getting refinanced through their banks? Are they saying, yep. you know what, I. I bought this house five years ago. I'm sitting on a ton of equity in five yeah. years. We still don't know what that's going to look like. And that's going to be potentially either a large tailwind, meaning no, the forbearance is very, very low, or it's yeah. going to be a big headwind, meaning suddenly there's a, a lot of inventory hits the market all at once. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to hit all at once. I think it's um, going to spread out. I mean, to, to get to the point on that, uh, I think it's, um, we definitely have some distressed properties that are in the market still that um, a lot of it was created because of the pandemic. You had that disruption. Uh, and employment um, and the ability to pay. And, and maybe even for some landlords, it was a disruption in their cash flow and their rentals. And, um, you know, because their tenants weren't paying and, and they therefore weren't able to make their payments on their mortgages. So, um, you know, either, either they were going to have a loan modification provided by their bank um, or refinance based on a couple options that may have been available. Um, or they're going to sell the property in, in one manner or another. So right now, you could assume that a lot of those folks do have equity. Um, even if it's you know thin equity, they probably still have some equity. So I think you could see those properties, if they were to get ahead of it and do it quickly, they could expect to see those homes sell on the market as a normal sale, uh, which would be great. You know, if you're, if you're behind on your mortgage and you can't um, you know, find a way to, to, you know, modify the loan or refinance it, then gosh, consider selling it 
and put in a little bit of cash in your pocket versus losing it things, versus losing it. Absolutely. And so I think we're going to see some of that. I don't know if it's going to all come at the exact same time, but um, right now we're sitting in just under 600 homes for sale and um, you know, a healthy markets like five, you know, about a thousand to 1100 based on current sales volume. So um, we need a lot of inventory this spring and I'm hopeful that um, you know, that that happens, but right now it appears that it, it, that we're going to see more inventory this year than we did last year for sure. Are there any other factors right now that sellers should be, you know, the variables that they should be weighing? We talked about interest rates coming, potential increase in inventory due to forbearance market. Um, should you be putting money in the home? Are you really going to get that money back? Are you yeah. going to hit the market? The the two interest rate. What what is is there another big factor that a seller should be thinking about right now? Well, the spring rush is what comes to mind. You know, so normally we see our inventories really start to. Uh, grow significantly uh, by late March, early April, you start to see the inventory grow and we call that our spring rush. Um, and um, if a client or a seller has the ability to get to the market prior to the spring rush, what they could possibly enjoy is less competition um, and a buyer who's trying with some urgency to get into a home before the interest rates get pushed up too much. And so it, 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 there's an opportunity, I think, that sits there for those who can come to the market a little bit earlier. Um, but, you know, timing wise, it's all relative to you, though. So if you're buying and selling in the same market, let's say the market gets a little softer in June. OK, if you're selling your home in a little softer market, but you're also buying in the same market, but you're buying is a little softer as well. So it's it, it, it kind of works its way out. But um, but if you wanted to sell and liquidate an asset or remove, um, and if you do it before the spring rush, I think you're you're probably going to enjoy a little bit of a shorter market time, uh, maybe a little bit higher buyer demand because rates are you know being pushed and buyers want to take advantage of the lower rate while they can. Um, so I think there's some opportunity in that. Is there anything that you would think? Because you talked about in 2022, the numbers look like maybe about a four to five percent. And that's what we should see as far as increase in value across the board. Yeah, they did like, you know, the Mortgage Bankers Association, National, National Association of Realtors. Um, There's like a collection of different, you know, it was like five or six companies that all, you know, came and gave their opinion on what the appreciation was going to look like this year. Um, and it averaged between four and six percent. That was the total range that it was. For the entire market. And that's, yeah. you, people got to understand that. There are segments within the market. There is. And so there's going to be segments that probably see a much greater than that. And there mm -hmm. might even be segments that are either stale or there's a glut of inventory or something. Or there's just yep. not there's just not a lot of buyers. Because one of the things I I think is uh, when I looked at the segments that sold, definitely the uh, middle range yep. climbs at a much higher than the high range. Because it does. there's just such a limited number of buyers. That's right. And so if you are sitting at the higher end of the range, you may not – I don't think you felt – that would be a good report maybe for one of our future podcasts if, if I don't know if we could get that, but kind of show like the appreciation by segments. Yeah, we could probably take a subdivision, you know, and say, OK, in this subdivision, it's improved. The average selling prices went from here to here over the last 12 months and then mm -hmm. take a higher price subdivision and compare, you know, from this year over last year. Uh, you could you could you could identify that. We've done it a few times. Actually, we used to do it like with. Uh, uh, Quell Ridge, which is a, a subdivision here in town, uh, mm -hmm. and it's a lower price point. Mm -hmm. And then we put it up against Whitehawk. Uh, oh, yeah. which is a higher price point one and one of the higher ones in the market. Yeah. And so when we compared the two, we saw that Quell Ridge did appreciate uh, at a much sig more significant number than Whitehawk did. And to your point, it was because the buyer demand in the lower price range was higher and it pushed appreciation in that market faster. 
Um, you know, and I, I think we're going to see something like that again, too, where, you know, who's going to supply the market first is really what's interesting in this. Right. So as we go on these appointments right now, um, we're, we're trying to figure out, OK, who's coming to the market at a higher number? Is it the lower end that's coming in faster or is it the upper end that's coming in faster? And we haven't seen a ton of upper end yet. Um, you know, I think that's coming. I think they're going to be here in the spring. I think that's when you're going to start to see the higher end inventory really start to hit the market. Like country properties, for example, tend, those tend to sell for a little bit of a higher price, but they all start coming to the market as soon as those trees start to bloom. You know, as soon as there's a little bit of green on those trees, that's when you start to see country property come to the market at a high volume. And it's because it's, you know, the yellow flowers and, you know, trees are budding out and everything looks great and country property starts to hit the market. Um, and that has a saturation effect on what's available to purchase. And I wonder what the uh, ratio of, because we talk about, you talk about the ideal inventory is 1,000 to 1,100. Mm -hmm. I wonder what that is per segment too, because I, you don't uh, see a lot of homes selling in that higher. So you kind of want to yeah. beat the, I guess it depends on when the buyer hits the market too. It's, well, and yeah, it's, it's this year too, man. I mean, last 18 months, we saw more homes sell in the upper end than we've seen in a long time, a really long time. And um, the question is, can we do it again in 2022? You know, are we going to see some of those under upper end properties selling at the same volume that they did last year? And I suspect probably not, uh, not, not at the same volume, um, but there will still be some more sales than I think we were experiencing three or four years ago. Um, you know, again, Redding's beginning to become a little bit more popular. Um, things are, you know, we, gosh, I'm just blown away by, you know, some of the positive conversations that I'm hearing from friends of mine that live in, you know, the Bay Area and Southern California and, um, you know, when they talk about Reading, it's it's a pretty optimistic vibe right now. Well, we've talked about a few things. There's, there's several, you know, projects that are going on, construction that's going on. The airport mm -hmm. is expanding. Yep. Um, it's got three airlines. They keep adding flights, mm -hmm. uh, direct flights. And uh, talking to, to uh, Megan over at Shasta EDC, she was talking about how they, you know, there's they would like to add more and more flights. Right. Major different markets, Denver, yep. Portland, Phoenix, all these different things. And it just depends on volume. And yeah, you need demand is, too, right? Yeah. You got to have people want to fly there. Exactly. So there's a, there's a lot of factors that that's, I've been bullish on Reading for a while now. Yeah. Uh, ever since it's been several years Yeah. And, and, and just seeing the rest of the state and seeing how congested they are. I just mm -hmm. went to Sacramento a couple of weeks ago and just blown away oh, yeah. by how congested yeah. Roseville and Citrus yeah. Heights and Rockland you know, I used to think of those areas and they were the outskirts. No, yep. they are. It's bumper to bumper. And I think, why would yep. it's just to live so tight? If you don't have to drive in to work every day, um, you know, in a facility somewhere, which obviously that would have a mid big impact on where you can live. Mm -hmm. If you have flexibility, though, oh, man, I think Redding's got some really good appealing things to it, you know, and and, and you, you and I know what those are. But the, like the trail systems are incredible. And they're focused on improving the trail systems. I'm watching people walking around everywhere. We've had like, you know, Chamber of Commerce weather the last week and a half here yeah. where it's just been like, you got to be kidding me. This is January and I'm enjoying these days that we're getting to enjoy. It's fantastic. My, uh, on a, on a side note, my aunt lives in, I was, I was raised in Alaska. My aunt lives in Palmer, Alaska. And a couple of weeks ago she called and it was, I think five degrees and they mm -hmm. were having hurricane level winds that they'd never had. Right. And she was just 
you know, complaining to me. And I said, oh, I know exactly how you yep. feel. I went walking day. It was 54, <laughs> but it felt like 52. It really yep. did. I had yep. to put a scarf on yep. and she hung up. But um, <laughs> no, but, you know, my wife and I went walking this weekend. And it was like these harsh Redding winners. They're just, oh, I know. I think it broke. Yeah. I think it broke 70. It really, truly broke 70 yeah. degrees in January. So this weather will bring people as well. Oh, that's great, and, man. And yeah. So the, the bottom line is there are several fat every year there. You know, there's constantly headwinds and tailwinds. Yep. We know for sure some of the headwinds coming in potential increase in forbearance inventory on interest yep. rates being going up at least once, and they've chimed three times. Uh, so we know those headwinds are coming. The mm-hmm. big question mark is the tailwinds. How strong will they be? Yep. Will they overcome the headwinds? If so, by how much? Yep. And when you should bring your property to market? Yep. You know, and so the bottom line is get involved with an expert. You know, call somebody on Josh Barker Real Estate on the team, have them come out, assess whether or not you should be putting 50 grand in that. Like, are you really yeah. going to get that money back? Yeah. And are you going to get to market in time yep. to maybe get that spring? What, did you, what was the term? You spring used? rush. The spring rush. Yeah. So all that's coming. And, uh, you know, it's speculation, but that's how that works. Yeah, right? it, it is. And I think you're exactly right. I, I would just echo that, you know, our inventories are still hovering around that 600. For those of you that are shopping for a home right now, just, you know, be encouraged. There's going to be some more opportunities, I think, going into the spring. So that's a good thing. Um, But as that inventory grows, um, you know, it's going to have a little bit more pressure on homeowners. Market times are going to go a little longer. Uh, The amount of buyer demand might go down a little bit. Um, Keep in mind that interest rates right now, they've already bumped a half a percent in the last 30 days. So if you weren't paying attention, you may have missed that. Um, and that's before the Federal Reserve starts raising rates. Like we said, that it's probably going to start raising in March and go each quarter thereafter if they stay with the plan they've announced, um, you know, subject to change. But and if you're thinking about doing the remodel, like you said, yeah, be careful. You know, it could take longer and be more money than you thought. So um, really evaluate, um, you know, what could you get today? And is that sufficient to solve your, you know, to, to reach the goals you have versus taking this risk of, putting a massive amount of improvements into your home only to find out that, you know, because of the market dynamics changing, you didn't gain much from it. So those are the things I think we just got to watch out for. Well, if you, if you think about this, this is kind of like a mindset of, okay, can you time the market perfectly? Right? Mm -hmm. So if you, if you time the market perfectly, congratulations, you're awesome. Okay. You, you, you did. Then you have to look at if you time, if you do not time it perfectly one direction versus the other direction. And if you say, well, I sold my house. I, if I would have just waited a few more months, I would have got a few more thousand versus yeah. Yeah. I waited too long. Right. And there was the interest yeah. rates went up. There was a glut of inventory. And suddenly yep. I, you know what I mean? You, yep. you didn't lose money you didn't have on the front, but you did lose money that you didn't get on the yeah. other side. No, I mean, so, and we're obviously probably in the ninth inning for significant appreciation in this, in this cycle. Um, you know, I don't think anybody's really arguing with that. I mean, we could, again, we could still see some appreciation because our inventories are still low. Um, and until we start to resupply that existing inventory or that the deplenished inventory to a meaningful level, we're probably not going to see, you know, too much of a negative in terms of appreciation. Um, but it's just not, you know, the, the thing to echo would be, it's not going to be as significant as over the last 18 months. If that's what your expectation of real estate is, um, maybe let down this year. Do you, I, I hate to hit you with a question out of left field here, but do you have any idea on how long homes are sitting in inventory now versus maybe when they were at the height of the market? Because it was. Yeah, we were sitting right around 98 days from start to finish, you know, and then that's, so that's, you know, 45 day escrow. So it's just over a 45 day market period on average. 
Which uh, is not that long. It's not that it's, long. It goes I mean, fast. It is. Yeah. Over the last 20 years, I mean, we remember when it was like 180 days on average before home sold. It was brutal. Um, but homes that are priced accurately out the gate um, in price ranges where people typically shop, you could expect them to sell in as early as two weeks, you know, in some cases with competing offers. So um, still a great market to sell in. I'm not uh, certainly don't want to downplay that. I think that'd be great next time we meet if we can show some numbers on segments, how fast a segment moves, what mm-hmm. kind of appreciation a segment saw. Yeah, I think that will clear things up because uh, I, I think a lot of people see the market as the market, right? Like right. everything went up 20%. It's all the same. Yeah, and, it's and, all, it's and it always takes 90 days. And you yeah. go, if the higher end probably sits a little bit longer yep. than the lower end, yep. and it didn't appreciate percentage-wise yep. as much as the lower end. And well. so that has a big bearing. So if you're sitting at the higher end, um, now might be a time get, get a professional involved and find out so that you can get those numbers and you can see what kind of, you know, how long should you be on the inventory, how much inventory, because inventory is your competition. Yeah. That's the other big thing is there isn't a lot of competition at that space, but it's, it's relevant or it's relative to how much, how many buyers there are. Oh yeah. So, well, it's uh you know, supply and demand economics one-on-one, you know, it's uh if you, if you follow that, that principle, you probably will be going in the right direction you know, for sure. So, yeah. So the bottom line is give Josh and his team a call. They can come out, assess, no obligation, let you know, you know, a, get a professional's opinion on what you can and should do. Absolutely. So, yeah. I totally recommend that. I mean, most people are going to interview two or three agents and I think it's wise to do that. Uh, compare services, compare strategies and make a decision at that point you think works best for you. Cause it's not all the same. It's not all the same. The yeah. marketing, the marketing plan really, really matters. It does. Right? It does. And it needs to be, uh, it needs to, the marketing plan should reflect what the market looks like, right? Versus the, you know, there's in a super hot market, in a market that, uh, you know, I know you do a lot of marketing outside of the area. We do. Because there's a lot of buyers coming from outside of the area. Yep. And so uh, the marketing plan should probably extend past the county line. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with that. Well, thank you for your time, Josh. Until next time, uh, if anybody has any questions, they can give you a call. Sounds great, Joy. Thank you. Thank you, Josh.